Bookworm Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire, and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. Today, we're talking about The Mandalorian, season three, episode two. No. Episode three? Yeah. Okay. Wow, we're already three episodes <laughs> in. That's so I'm crazy. Eight episode season. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, anyways, before we get started on our little discussion and review of the episode, um, happy Women's History Month. We had a Women's History Month giveaway this past couple weeks, and today we're announcing our winner. Um, so thank you to everybody who entered, um, and especially to everyone who donated to a woman's charity um we had a really good handful of donations and raised some some significant funds for really good uh, charities and necessities for a lot of different people different women in the world so super awesome thank you guys so much for that thanks for entering thank you for listening um yeah more i i do feel bad that our literal like women's history month um we have not done a single ep- like girl boss of the week episode it's the it's Bo-Katan crazy. I was going to say, it wasn't the last two weeks, just more Bo-Katan girl boss. Of the last <laughs> week. I was going to talk about her for like 90% of last week's episode. And we'll probably do the same a little bit more for this one. Um. Anyways, the winner. Claire, would you like to announce the winner? Um. So our giveaway winner is at KRSOS on Twitter. We'll make a full like post announcing the winner too, and obviously we'll be in touch with them. But congratulations again! Thank you everyone who entered, especially to those who donated. Um, this was a very fun giveaway, and we here at Fulcrum Transmissions love Women's History Month because we love women. <laughs> and um, um, also, um, because we did ask everyone who entered to tell us who their favorite Star Wars woman was. And our winner did say that theirs was Jin or so. Um, so shout out to Jin or so today. Um, shout out to Jin or so. We I miss talking about her. Bring her back. Somebody bring her back. Oh my gosh! All of my ugh, my entire Twitter feed right now is just Pedro Pascal, and I need to not be looking at it. <laughs> okay, anyways, speaking of Pedro Pascal, um, <laughs> Mandalorian episode three. What a time to be a Star Wars fan. Am I right? Um, we opened up this episode where the last episode uh, left off with Din Djarin and Bo-Katan Kryze just kind of like chilling outside the uh, the waters. What are they called? The Living Waters. The Living Waters, yeah. Uh, where the Mythosaur lives. Crazy. And uh, Din Djarin like wakes up because he drowned <laughs> he drowned. He drowned. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, and that was the finale. He actually drowned. <laughs> was it? And now oh. Bo-Katan is the sole protagonist of the show. Oh my god! So true. She is the Mandalorian, just like The Last of Us when 
I don't know if Pascal's character gets <laughs> killed off in the end of the season. Oh my gosh. Good thing there's no golf clubs in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that. I think there should be golf in Star Wars. As a golfer, as a JP golfer for two yeah, years. I was laughing the other day because you made that tweet about how you should play Abby. And I forget <laughs> who it was responding being like, you just need to like learn how to play golf. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Another chance for me to bring up the fact that I played golf in high school. <laughs> Din wakes up, Grogu's like right there, and he's like, Oh, dad, are you okay? And it's so <laughs> cute. It's so cute. Um, and then Bogatin was like, Hey, best friend, did you like see anything down there? And he was like, just the water rushing past me as I fell. And <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I like I think the show's very good. I do really think the show's very good. Um, most of the time. Some of the lines of dialogue in this show are, I think, campy on purpose, which is like, which makes it not camp, right? If it's done on purpose, it's not camp. Um, this episode in particular had some some really interesting pieces of dialogue. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> and um, anyway, <laughs> but that happened. And then Bo-Katan was like, oh, yeah, I didn't see anything either. Can we get out of here? She's she's scared. So true. And then, um, well, I would be too. If I just saw, like, Jesus Christ walk into my room, I would be like, what the hell? Jesus. <laughs> um, and then they leave uh, in all of that wet armor. And then they don't take it off. It's so yeah. Do we think that the living waters are water or are they fresh water? Do you think it's part of a larger ocean? I don't know. I don't know because I thought that they were just like normal water, but then when the armor poisoned that little thing, it's like it's like magic. It's magic water. Anyways, well, it's living water. The water's alive. I think I personally think that Bokatan didn't say anything about the mythosaur. Because she knows that if everyone finds out about it, um, they're all going to come and disturb it. And it needs to sleep, actually. So I think she's waiting for the perfect time to say that the Mythosaur is alive so that she can use it to her advantage to take back oh, Mandalore. I and I think that's slay of her. I think she should. I'm all for it. I think that she just cares about the Mythosaur a lot. Okay. Species, we have to take care of him. Yeah, it's actually a what is it called when you rediscover an extinct species? Oh god. Um no, I know there is a specific term for that. I just don't know. What Isn't it your is. girlfriend like a zoologist or like trying okay. to be? doesn't mean I am. <laughs> Ask me anything about like any dog breed, I got you. Okay. Ask me about like <laughs> if the mythosaur was a dog, what dog breed would it be? A pit bull because they're the best. And <laughs> Also, no, but actually, okay, while we're on this, though, because everyone is, like, scared of pit bulls because there's all these, like, like, myths and tales about how they're, like, like, evil or they, like, only are bred to fight or they're, like, more aggressive than any other dog breed. And so it's, like, the mythosaur because everyone's, like, oh, my God, the mythosaur is, like, this, this, like, (laughs) this lived on our planet that our ancestors had to, like, tame it and ride it. And it's actually just a little guy. Okay. Anyway. This is why the is actually just like an American pit bull terrier when you think about it. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't remember what we were talking about. Um, they leave Mandalore and they are going back to Kalvala. And right? Yeah. yeah. There's too many planets. Um, and they're going back, and then Din Djarin is like, This is the way. And then Bo responds with, This is the way. And then Grogu like mumbles something. And they both look at him and they're like, I'm sorry, if Grogu's first words are this is the way, I'm going to end it all. <laughs> I think Grogu's first words should be bow, because it's easy to say and I would literally scream. It would be really funny if Din was like, excuse me? <laughs> I think it would be really funny if his first words were this is the way. Because oh. that is, okay, if you think about it though, those are the words that he hears the most. Um, he probably has heard Din Djarin's name like twice. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, it's quite though makes sense though because it's like, like a lot of babies' first word is like mom or dad, but that's because the parents are always like, mom, oh, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Din Djarin's not doing that. Mm-mm, he's saying this is the way. Good night. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> he reads Grogu bedtime stories and after the end of every bedtime story he says this is the way <laughs> uh, do you think they have good night moon in, in- <laughs> night um Concordia I, I, I was trying to think of the first Mandalorian moon wait but they lived on Concordia so it doesn't really make sense okay it doesn't matter it doesn't matter good night moon <laughs> um of like a notable moon in star wars but i kind of the death star good night death star no good night, death star this is the way <laughs> so <laughs> stupid um but then they get attacked by tie fighters tie fighters or tie defenders tie interceptors i can't <laughs> so dumb could not tell you the difference could not because I know when Din's shooting at them, he's like, These are harder to hit than normal tie fighters. I'm like, and I'm like, why? <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that happens. Um, there's only a couple of them, and Bo is like, I need help. But I'm like, do you really? Like, I think she really got it. But Din was like, I'm gonna jump out of the ship and give you back up. My favorite part of that was when, after he jumped out of the ship, when he landed, he, like, fell over. And I was like, why didn't you turn your jetpack on earlier so that you could slow down more? It's not even that. It's I feel like Din Djarin <laughs> is such a like, intelligent character and knows so much about, like, this is the thing. I think he knows so much about ships, but doesn't really know, like, how his own stuff <laughs> Because why can't he land with his jetpack yet? It's been like three years. I'm it's sorry. like he's just like Ezra Bridger when he got a jetpack in Heroes of Mandalore and like Oh, oh Dinjar and Ezra Bridger. When do I get to see them together? Um anyways. <laughs> when, uh, okay, when they all meet up on Cronest with with Sabine and Tristan and then Ezra and Tristan reunite and kiss on the mouth because they've actually been in a relationship for the past however many years since they met 11 <laughs> yeah but ezra was stuck off doing his thing with thrawn so they they haven't seen each other in like nine yeah. years so 
Okay, well... Can't wait. (laughs) So that's definitely what's going to happen next episode. (laughs) It's for the Mandalorian season three episode. Well, they defeat the ships. Um, R5 is such a cute little guy in this, though. He's, like, flying around back there. Keeps falling over. When when Bo-Katan was, like, when he was all nervous and Bo-Katan was like, it's okay, I grew up flying these whatever and then she was like well it's been a while i love her so much okay also remember last week when i was like i literally hate space battles and i think there's like shouldn't it's be ex- many of them. it's exactly what i was thinking about the whole episode i was like this is good though like i was watching it and i was like wow i'm really enjoying this and then i was like god i literally a week ago i was like hate space battles there shouldn't be any this, this one, one was definitely more because it was Bo-Katan like slaying and being really good at flying. So I felt it was really long. Um, I'm I think I'm just getting used to it. Just getting used to these long space battles. It's fun. I think this one was a lot more intimate though. Like they were very, yeah. you know, it was. I like this better. I like I like space battles. I can't keep doing this. That are like more flying and less just two ships in space firing at each other that's why the ones in the Thrawn trilogy not to go back to this drive me insane because 90% of them are just them sitting stationary in space firing at each other and I'm like can we just be done can can this just end already so this one at least there was like stuff happening and Bo-Katan was there so um but yeah then they like just blew up her home um and I did tear up because of like two weeks ago when I was like wow she literally lost everything except for her one castle on Kalavala where her family is from and then they were like you can't have that either literally why did they do that why did the empire randomly like nine years after the first purge or like around nine years I don't know we don't actually know when it happened multiple years after the first purge was like you know what there is a singular woman living in a palace on this planet with literally nothing else on it right now let's go blow that up why did you do that to her okay well because they were like they were like oh it's an imperial warlord and then there was a lot of ships and then din was like that's too many for an imperial warlord and i was like does that mean that it's somebody else like who Okay, we are alluding to something bigger. Moff Gideon later, because there was one thing that was said about him in this episode that I was like, that's interesting, but that's later. Um, Yeah, then Din is like, I know a place, and then they leave, and then I think cut to Dr. Pershing. I think that's what happened. That was so. I think that's what happened. Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna get my negativity out of the way now so we don't have to keep talking about it. Can the can these shows like pick what they are? Are they connective tissue or are they stories about the characters that they, you know, bring in like into the narrative? Because what's the guy's name? Doctor What? Pershing. Pershing. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> the thing is that i i understand like where they're going with it like they're like oh like we had this whole plot about the cloning thing and it's all gonna lead back to em- emperor palpatine returning as a clone in the last movie or whatever but like can you do it in a different way or like i don't know maybe don't just like, use yeah like we get it 
Right. Like, I know how he comes back now. You don't have to keep doing what... But yeah, I, I think the thing that's driving me crazy is I don't mind a show that's like, oh, it's about this character, but there's going to be, like, an episode here or there that has, like, that's about, like, different characters. The problem is literally every Star Wars show right now is that. Like, The Bad Batch is that. The Mandalorian is that. The Book of Boba Fett was that. Like, and I just... It, it's boring when like every show kind of has the same structure that's not even saying that like some of these like like sort of like side plot quote-unquote episodes aren't really good because some of them are like literally the best episodes mm. but I just think that like not every show has to be that the thing is is it was a lot more effective when it was these little hints that were st- slowly starting to grow like we've been we've known about project harvester since like 2008 like we've known about it for a really long time this is what they started in the clone wars with cad bane stealing force sensitive children and that small arc in the clone wars was so much more effective and then you and then you put it on top of the two episodes in rebels where their inquisitors are stealing these children and then you know, the small, small part of Obi-Wan Kenobi where he's walking by all of these frozen Force sensitives. Like, when you're building upon it in that way, that's a lot more effective in, like, in, like, um, ma- like building suspense to an audience that knows what's going on already than taking 30 minutes out of an episode of The Mandalorian to follow a character who we don't really care about and who and a new character who they just brought in and then going back to the plot line of whatever's actually going on with with Din Djarin, the Mandalorian like that is at least like break it up like I'm kept being like oh wow this is really going these scenes are really going oh wow the episode is almost over we have like eight minutes left and then in the last, like, four minutes, Din Djarin comes back, and you're like, you couldn't have edited this a different way? Like, it was really not my cup of tea. See, I just I have an issue. Yeah. That this episode would have worked, I don't know, because I think that now the thing is the show that has moved on to being about Mandalore, and, like, last season it was about Grogu and the Empire taking him and trying to use him for their big cloning project and so I get why this had to happen now because obviously it relies on like perishing not working for Moff Gideon anymore however it's like okay but we've moved on from the cloning plot lines in this show and like we're we're now focused on Mandalore but then they're like oh but we have to go talk about mind everybody like I think that the actual like ideas of it are interesting and I didn't even like dislike this episode I actually really liked it um but and I and again I do think that this show is a relevant place to get into some of the cloning stuff because again like Grogu was directly involved like they literally wanted to like take his blood and make Palpatine clones through some sort of science um but yeah it's like just every it's not the content itself it's the structure of how they're doing it is not working because also, yeah, this, they, they put it, like, it was weird to me how it started the episode with Din and Bo-Katan doing one thing that, like, maybe if it was, like, related. Right. The perishing thing in any way at all. But it literally wasn't because 
the only way it would have been related is if it were more focused on Grogu and his force abilities and that literally didn't come up at all in the episode so like I just yeah it's just it was it was weird I don't it doesn't fit in with the like Mandalore plotline that seems to be the main plot of the season of I seems to be I mean it literally is um you know what would be a perfect place to put this cloning stuff in the bad badge okay okay sorry I know that we are not talking about the bad badge however does anyone else remember the literal very end of season one I am talking last scene before the credits right look Nala say the literal Kaminoan cloning person to that weird mountain where people in uniforms oh and guess what they're the exact same uniform that Perishing wears in the Mandalorian when he works for Moff Gideon as a cloning scientist and they were like we have plans for you and that one clone who everyone's obsessed with was there whose name I don't remember and and so now what and so where are we going with this but yeah it would be so much more relevant there because that show is literally about clones it's just literally about cloning, and it has no plot right now, and literally there's been two episodes that actually have anything to do with the ma- overarching plot of whatever is going on in this Filoni-verse, Favreau And they're also doing the thing, that's what I'm saying, of, like, having episodes that don't have the main Bad Batch in them, which I think is fine, especially because they have longer seasons, so I'm like, if you want to do- like, last season they did the Harrison Dula arc, and that was really good. And those were the best episodes. And so I'm like- you could have literally put this there okay it's fine but yeah i do think that i actually think that perishing is very interesting i was interested in him last season and i was actually kind of disappointed when it seemed kind of seemed like he was never going to appear again um also return of unnamed imperial comms officer who actually has a name now because she's so hot and i'm literally in love with her um so i'm glad that she's returning to us but um yeah anyway enough of that Onto the actual plot. So they're they're on Coruscant, which is so fascinating because can we please see Chandrilla? Because it's now actively the capital of the New Republic, but yet all this stuff is happening on Coruscant. Why? Anyway, that's just my personal thoughts because I we've literally never seen seen Chandrilla on screen ever, and it's the capital now. So this would have been a good time. Um, but basically, perishing who. For those who don't remember, worked on Moff Gideon's ship and was the one, like, who was, like, like, trying to make clones of Palpatine, basically. Like, he was working in cloning, and that was the whole, like, we're gonna take Grogu and, like, take his blood, whatever. But he was always very, like, see, he never seemed really enthusiastic about it. Like, he never seemed like he wanted to be there. And now we know it's because he literally didn't. Um... And so now he's basically a part of the New Republic's, like, reintegration program, basically, where they, like, take people who worked for the Empire, either, like, against their will, or they're now, like, oh, I've learned my lesson, whatever, um, and they, like, find a job for them within the New Republic so they can start to, like, make their amends. And so he... <laughs> I'm sorry, they they literally had that scene where they were all, like, drinking together, and <laughs> like and it was so funny because they were all like I don't know I kind of miss like the food and I was like guys do you have nothing better to talk about than like the ration packs you ate when you worked for the empire okay anyway but oh who's there unnamed imperial comms officer who also was on Moff Gideon's ship 
which I thought was so funny because they showed her like like earlier on in the episode to be like, oh my God, look who's here. Let's be so honest though. Like the only reason that a lot of us remember what she looked like is because we thought she was hot last season. So I feel like most people who watch the show, like I might be wrong, but I feel like most people who watch the show probably didn't recognize her at first or maybe like at all. I didn't. Oh, I didn't was, know that she, she was, was in the show there. before you said that. Yeah, like two lines. Again, the only reason I know who she is because it's because I've had conversations with people in the past about how she's really hot. And so, and oh my God, the actress who plays her was at the premiere and, and she looked so good and everyone was like, oh my God, do you think she's going to be in this season again? And I was like, never would have guessed that she got like a whole episode. Um, But yeah, so you're like, oh, she was on Moth Gideon's ship. Hmm, Interesting. Wonder if she's still secretly working for the Empire. Spoilers, she is. Um, anyway, so they what happens next? Oh my god, she he was like, he was like, I miss those biscuits that we used to get. And then she like got him a box of them. And I was like, that's so suspicious. Why were you not immediately like, hey, how did you get Imperial rations when we work for the right. New Republic? Yeah. Like, again, was, I think that Dr. Like, Kirsten is, is really interesting not and he's like literally a genius right but like not the brightest because no because like it was so obvious that she was tricking him and not yeah. just because i'm a television viewer who like knows what the plot is but also girl wake up girl wake up i know that she's attractive like trust me i probably would have been like yeah whatever i'll do whatever you say but like come on now <laughs> yeah embarrassing for him um basically he i thought this okay it was kind of this whole thing i don't know did we know about this what is the amnesty project amnesty or whatever i'm trying to remember if it ever because most of the new republic like political stuff we've gotten so far has been in novels like aftermath and alphabet squadron trilogies or whatever i don't know actually I don't either because I don't know anything about this era of Star Wars. Well, I well no, I really don't know anything about this era of Star Wars to be honest. It's not my ex. It's not my uh, expertise. And uh, but I was like, I was thinking while I was watching this, I was like, wow, this is like a a rehabilitation center for people who like need to or didn't want to be a part of the Empire or have changed their ways and like want to rejoin society instead of going to jail and I was like oh my gosh this is so high republic coded like <laughs> it was okay not to jump ahead but when they were at that little festival and he and she was like oh my god this is Umate, the tallest mountain on Coruscant I was like this is just like the high republic yeah I got you it. know what yeah, so you know what else that mountain has been in dark disciple oh Remember? my god you're so that was my first thought. I was literally like, they, they were like, oh, look at the little peak. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is where Quinlan Boss and Asajj Ventress went. You're so right. I was too busy thinking about Lena So to remember that. <laughs> he wants to, basically, the, the guy, he's like, I want to do something more and I want to help people and I want to continue my research because I think it could really help people. And this is where we find out that, um, like, he actually had a reason to be cloning. He was like, oh, I want to regrow human organs so that people don't have to die. And I was like, that is so slay. Like, that's really cool, actually. Because of his mom, and too. Because of his like, mom. And yeah, and I was like, wow, that's really great. And all he wanted was to, like, you know, 
not find redemption but kind of like start the process to atone for like actually having to work for the empire even though he didn't want to even though he did, wasn't there like uh, like he was there against his will um but still he was like let me start working on a way that i can actually help people and kind of make up for all the damage i've caused people need to take notes other characters need to take notes anyways um <laughs> I, I skipped over something that happened in the scene where they were drinking mm-hmm. like because um that was when one of them was like i heard a rumor that moth gideon escaped on the way to his trial and then someone else was like no no he got like mind flayed or whatever that little machine they put them in is and i was like that's so fascinating really interesting anyway mm. wonder um, if he's also sorry for like jumping around so much but when they were at the little festival I was laughing so hard because the music that was playing in the background was like the resistance theme but it was like like carnival music no literally it was literally the I was like is this the arch of the resistance right now (laughs) so hard Uh, um little popsicles mm -hmm, amazing yeah Uh, Uh, so i actually think that this research could be beneficial to the new republic um but like i'm not allowed to keep doing it and she was like oh my god yeah you should totally pursue that and i was like warning sirens warning sirens um the flags are blaring red (laughs) and sir accidentally put on a pair of rose tinted glasses yeah he's again like not the best with social cues sir um then he has his little meeting with that little droid that's like are you experiencing any undue stress from your work or living conditions and he's like let me talk about droids let me let me just talk about droids for real quick okay Uh i'll be i'll be quick i promise (laughs) so (laughs) i'm not gonna be quick um this episode really gave me something that I've been thinking about for hashtag quite a long time, which is the level of sentience of like different droid classes. Um, because I feel like technically this droid would be considered like a protocol droid um, because it does have a certain level of sentience, but it's not it can't create its own like ideas and thoughts it can just like rehash information that it already has in a database this droid is basically in a alexa sorry i was making sure mine wouldn't turn on um but that's what it is and i was like wow this is so real and then i was thinking i was like wow i wonder if they have therapy droids in star wars because you know they're working on that right now in like irl okay. um can I just say, Axel Greylark canonically has a therapy droid that he got when his dad died that, like, follows him around and has, like, when it, like, notices that he's getting, like, stressed out or upset, it has, like, soothing features and it can, like, give him, like, a reassuring, like, pat and stuff. It's name is Quinn. You know, if someone had just told me that, I probably would have read Convergence. <laughs> no, like, I'm... I love Quinn so much. Every- everyone's like because okay so I'm behind on all the books all the books everyone's like Sage you would love Convergence there's like a pathetic man in it and like a bunch of hot women and I'm like yeah okay sure whatever 
You could have told me there's a therapy droid in it. And it's like, it's really good because, yeah, no, like he'll be like, he'll be getting upset and Quinn will like go really close to him and try to like physically reassure him. Like, and boy, does that man need therapy so bad. (laughs) Anyways, this episode made me, I'm really, I'm really liking the droid content in The Mandalorian season three. I really am. Um, We're getting a lot of interesting droids. When is the droid bar going to show up, though? I'd like to know. Still waiting on that one. That's that's what I was going to say. I don't know. I probably had more, but now I'm thinking about therapy droid in a book that I haven't read yet. Um, yeah. No, like you have to read it. So it before celebration, <laughs> which is in like two weeks. Forgot where we were. Oh, yeah. Then she's like, I know. Well, he asked the droid. He's like, could I like pursue my own research? And the droid's like, no, cloning research is forbidden by the New Republic. Um, and then she's like, but I know where you can get the equipment you would need. It's at like the Imperial scrap or the New Republic like scrapyard where they take all the Imperial stuff that they're destroying. And then he's at his little job where they're like, you need to destroy all this equipment. And he's like, we could use some of this. And I'm like, yeah, just because it was Imperial technology doesn't mean you have to destroy all of it i think that they're worried i think that they're worried that a lot of imperial technology was probably tracked and like bugged um and that they don't want to have like use it for new republic intelligence because they know that the empire's still out there that's true Uh uh-huh i don't know but anyway he's like um so that's when he goes to her and is like okay i'm in and then they take the little train there okay when they were on the train first of all i'm obsessed with that guy who was like standing there who kept like waving to them love him but wait okay when she when they walked (laughs) into the second car he was like oh my god what did he say i was literally crying something day am i right yeah yeah (laughs) i was like i love what star wars is just made up words that no yeah. one knows what you're talking about yeah i thought it was so funny um <laughs> anyway and then yeah they're the like the little like ticket droids are like hey you're not supposed to be like jumping between cars and i was like this is just like the new york subway um and then and then they like jump on the back first of all the thing was going way too fast and high oh, off the ground. like y'all should not have survived that jump i guess they landed on that little like cushion but like no, but how did they how did they land on it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um because they were the train was gonna stop. <laughs> they were gonna jump. <laughs> um and then they go on okay, they go they go on the Star Destroyer and they're like, okay, we got the equipment, let's go. And they go outside. Oh no, there's New Republic soldiers. Oh no, she turned him in. Oh my god, this is crazy. Um, not gonna lie, I actually did think that what was gonna happen was because i i mean obviously she was still working for the empire like that much was clear to me from the beginning but i thought what was going to happen was that the people who would show up to arrest them would actually be like empire people and then they would take him back but actually what happens is they okay they take him to that machine and they're like this machine used to be used to like fry people's brains and like destroy their memories but we're just gonna put it on a low setting and it'll be like really soothing for you. And I'm like, mm. and then 
But why did you leave the setting that could destroy someone's mind? Like, you literally were like, this is a torture yeah. device, but we're going to put it on the non-torture setting, but we're going to leave the torture setting. And then he left the room with her alone in there. I was like, bro, then, like, the <laughs> and then she killed him. Or a little suspect to me. But yeah, and then she, like, just turns up the dial. And I was like, why would you even leave that on there? No. Be soothing. Didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> that was crazy. I felt bad for him at the end. I was like, damn. You were just a little guy who, like, wanted to save your mom and then got taken by the Empire and forced to do all this stuff. And then you were finally just, like, having a nice life. And now your brain is literally getting fried by someone that you thought was your friend. Also, it is weird that the New Republic is just like, let's just put this person in a machine to, like, calm their mind that they didn't want to be put into. Especially when it, if it gets used improperly, can like literally kill you or like destroy your brain. Anyway, that's just my thoughts on that whole situation. So it's really weird. The New Republic, you guys are interesting people. Like, I know the point of the New Republic is that it was like not the greatest because mon mothma amongst others were like here's our ideas for how we're going to build a new government after the war and some of them were bad and then hence why the first order exists later on but like i could have told y'all that that was not a good idea um yeah and then we flash back to (laughs) the mandalorian (laughs) um and and uh, Dinjarin and Bo-Katan, they are just having a good time. They haven't taken off their helmets yet. They bathed in the living waters. Bo-Katan is pretending that she did not see the mythosaur on Mandalore. Um, and they are on their way to whatever that place is that the Mandalorians are hiding. Uh, and they get off the ship and they get there. And they all come out and John Favreau comes out and he's like, you guys shouldn't be here. And they're like, no, we bathed in the living waters. <laughs> I did forget that she had her magical little like tub that she could dump it in and see if it was real. Because at first I was like, he just pulled it out. And he looked, I have proof. But I was like, that could just be normal water and they would never know. But then she had her like little magic thing. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was so funny. I thought he was literally just gonna be like, no, trust me. Like this is the living water. Yeah, but- trust me, bro. It's fine. And then- <laughs> But then they were like, or the armorer was like, Bo-Katan, hey, girly, guess what? You are now, like, one of us. The girls are girling. Uh, Bo-Katan, are, Bo-Katan is a part of their little group now. And everyone's, like, patting her on the back. Oh, welcome, welcome. And she's loving it. She's like, oh, no, people are following me again. Her ego is boosted. She is really having a good time. And that's it. The episode ends. Can I just say, the armor is so fake because literally, like, not that long ago, she was like, Bogotan is literally the worst Din. Like, trust me, she literally ruined our planet. And I literally hate her guts. And then she showed up in this episode. She's like, oh my God, Bogotan, hey, what's going on? And I was like, nah. I'm like, you're literally so fake. What if she's just, like, in love with her, you know? And it's just, like... 
I was actually if they kissed, I wouldn't be mad. But then I was like, oh, but you can't take her home. Um, they were lovers in, a, in the past before. <laughs> before. That's why they have. They were like bitter exes. Okay. Exactly. No, that's literally it. That would eat, actually. And yeah, John Favreau, we're not writing the show. We could have something like that. Um. <laughs> um Anyways, can I just say? After, like, I think season one, maybe, when people were, like, on their theory that Satine was actually the armor. And I was like, we saw a body, you guys. She's dead. She's real dead. This is not one of those, like, it's Star Wars. She could still be. No, she's dead. Um, Yeah, she's she's gone. I wish she wasn't. I miss her deeply. Which, which, speaking of, speaking of. The inability for this show to mention Satine, literal queen of Mandalore, um, is really embarrassing for them personally. It's I, I do think it's just like, hey guys, you guys don't know how to write women, and I'm I know what y'all are saying. You guys are like, oh well, they can write Bo-Katan, they wrote Cara Dune, they wrote Fennec Shand. What do all of them have in common? They're literally. Let's be real. They're the least feminine woman. And I'm not saying all women have to be feminine at all. But when that's the only type of woman you write in your shows, they're all the same character. They are all the same character. Like, Cara Dune wasn't well-written. Fennec Shand was almost well-written in The Mandalorian and then was terribly written in The Book of Boba Fett. And Bo-Katan was terribly written last season and is now finally maybe starting to be kind of well-written. Right. Um, but they just don't know what to do with like characters. That's why like characters like Padme aren't mentioned, except for in that comic. Um, and it's just like they don't know how they don't know how to write these like feminine, very graceful non-warrior women because they have no they have very few qualities in common with the hyper masculine men male archetype that they so consistently write in these shows that's why and it's embarrassing for them get some right women in the writer's room please get actually anyone that's not Dave Filoni John Favreau and whoever that one other guy who wrote this episode is yeah embarrassing truly I'm over it um anyways uh, in other news I'm really into um, Bo-Katan and Din's relationship at the moment. I really like where it's going. I think they are really good besties at the moment. Um, and I think that they could really grow to care about each other. Like, I, I do think that we could have, like, a, a little sibling bond here. If they're lovers, well, I don't think they will be, so I'm not even going to talk about it. People on the internet should stop manifesting it, though. I agree. Because when I'm like, I don't want that, people are like, there's literally nothing wrong with it. I'm like, I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that she's literally a lesbian. No, exactly. And she's in a committed relationship with me and Fennec Shand Mm -hmm. and Costa Reeves and Asuka Tano. So she's like, she's got a lot going on already. I don't really think that that molecule has room for Dinjarin in it. Yeah. Because most of those people don't like men. So true. Uh, Anyways, I think that's a wrap. 
on episode three of season three of the mandalorian um overall i'm gonna give it a five and a half out of ten okay what would you give it i don't know it's hard because like i i agree with what we're saying about how like it felt kind of out of place so it's like but like as as an episode just like content wise i really liked it okay just going on that probably like 6.8 all right maybe that's good i was gonna say 6.5 and then i was like that feels low but then i was like seven feels high anyway the point is i really liked it also yeah i want to know because moff gideon i mean if we didn't already think that he was maybe still out there after the like i heard that he escaped on the way to his trial but now like she literally is still working for him or someone but probably him so where is he we don't know but also show up in the last up, that means no that literally means that they're gonna go back to like grogu the empire wanting grogu to do some cloning and i'm like do we really have time for that plot line and also reclaiming mandalore in one season although <laughs> john john famously who was like I already have season four planned out, but then also was like, I haven't even thought about season four. And I was like, what's the he truth? He just says things. He just says things. I'm so tired of it. Anyways. I'm like, you can't just say whatever you want. Uh, people actually care about what you have to say because you're the main, the head writer on this show. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.